So we only kept last night's recording down to like four hours instead of four and a half or whatever. You're muted. Oh, sorry. I forgot to ask you how the rest of last night go. It was good. Uh, we got into a little bit of Doomer shit at the end. And then uh, we we're talking about uh, Curio, this uh, YouTube content creator. They make like really fucking dope shit. And so we we're talking mm-hmm. about them. Talking about Squid Game a little bit. And I was shitting on Squid Game. In what way? <laughs> so I don't like Squid Game. Uh, I haven't even seen it. But from everything that I'm, I'm hearing, I'm not, li- I'm not liking it so much. Well, like... <sighs> I it's think... Like, I'll, I'll do my no, you go no, you go ahead. Okay. You go ahead. I, I was gonna say, first off, I fucking love Squid Squid Game, and I think it's actually pretty based because the whole game is basically showing the true colors of occupied Korea. Even like that main chick that everyone's fallen in love with, who is someone who uh, left the North, and she's living. And this she's playing the game to free her parents from North Korea. Lame. Well. <laughs> Yeah, yes and no. Yes, she is doing that because they're, they're going to take their shots that way. But if you look at it more, obviously she's living the worst wretched life. Like her life in South Korea is so goddamn brutal and miserable. Like she she just would rather kill herself, but she goes and plays this stupid fucking game and it, it, it's crazy. And it just shows like that's the only way to to really do anything is by basically putting your fucking life on the line in that kind of country. Mm-hmm. And and what's also interesting is, uh, and they, of course, I think at one point someone even like calls her a dirty commie or something, which I was like, yeah. hell yeah. But, uh, you know, that actor is, uh, is low-key starting to turn into a communist. She did like the Vogue interview, and she kept talking about how she really thought it was cool how uh, Mao got rid of landlords. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she's been reading a lot of Mao lately. And I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I, I thought it was a critique to capitalism. I don't know how it could be anything else. So that's like one of the issues that I have with it. So another one is like what you said is like basically how she's like escaped North Korea and she's trying to like get her parents out of North Korea. Like that's just like an uncontested premise of the show. Um which yeah, whatever. That's you're not gonna find a fucking perfect thing portraying North Korea in mainstream media, yeah. but still. Filmed um, in South Korea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so, like, but also, like, the Battle Royale shtick has been done. Like, we've seen Saw, we've seen fucking Truth or Dare or fucking Six. Like, that movie's been done so many fucking times. But, like, only a few times has it been done where it's, like, the contestants actually rise up against the fucking asshole that's fucking hosting the game. Like, the South Korean movie Battle Royale. Like, they actually were like, dude, why are we fucking fighting each other? We should fucking get together Battle, and just overthrow this shit. I thought Battle Royale was a Japanese film. I mean, I love the movie, but I thought... Is it, it Japanese? I think it's Japanese. Okay. Well, either way, the premise still stands. Where, like, they're fucking... Yep. They get together and rally instead of fucking playing this sick old fucking rich man's game. I mean, um, so we're, I think Ward, you probably gotta watch it. Like, I've only seen two episodes. Uh, Sterling, how much have you seen? Have you seen the whole thing? I, yeah, I've seen the whole thing. First couple episodes were slow, and I, and I was kind of the same way. I was like, this just feels like something that's been done a million times. But mm-hmm. after a few more episodes in, I mean, I just, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just, I mean, watch it. See if you like it or not. And yeah. I mean, we could definitely do at least an episode on it. It's one of the more entertaining shows I've watched in the last couple years. 
just as far as captivated me and wanted and made me want to watch the next episode again. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing for me was like that, like, yeah, a lot of people are getting the whole critique of capitalism thing, but it's not so on the nose as much as I'd like it to be. Because you got people that are fucking like watch Squid Game and they're like, oh, it's so dystopian, just like North Korea and China are. Like they're using it as like rhetoric North against Korea. China and North and North Korea, but like oh, that's those are dumb people though. Like that's yeah. not even that's not real rhetoric. That's a fucking idiot. That's why I like for like even Parasite. Like I was talking about this like last night. Like Parasite, which is another critique of capitalism film. Like it still that. was ambiguous enough where people are like, well, yeah, the rich people suck, but like those poor people shouldn't have fucking did what they did. And it's like, okay, you're missing the fucking point. That's why, for me, like fucking Snowpiercer, because that shit's so on the fucking nose that you can't take anything else away from it. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time, Snowpiercer. Yep. Still never seen Snowpiercer. It's so good. You should watch it. Dude, host a movie night again, Ward. Come on. Get off your ass. I lost my fucking hard drive, bro. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. My 1500 movie hard drive, I fucking lost it. So now I got to start work. Have have you ever heard of the internet? Or is one of those like, media hoarders? Yeah, I'm one of those data hoarders for sure when it comes to movies. You should see my camera roll. It's all just like, dude, so many fucking memes. It's just... Uh, yeah, same, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I have I 24,000 images on my camera roll, and the, oh, like man. 99% of them are memes. Let me see how much I have. Before we dive into that, I feel like we really need to wrap up the Squid Game discussion. So... Are you going to watch Squid Game, Ward? Um, so my current stance is to not watch it just to piss people off who tell me to watch it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's my current stance on it. <laughs> I will eventually watch it, but as long as it's hyped up as much as it is, I'm just doing it just to piss people off. What, what do you think is like your biggest takeaway from it just on, based on what you know? I mean, you gave me a few things, but do you think it's really like a critique of North Korea, the way they portray North Korea is what's bothering you? So so my biggest thing is that it's, it leaves too much open where it's so much, it's a more show me, don't tell me kind of thing, which is what most people want from a thing. But I'm more of the, in the camp of tell me, don't show me. Like, tell me that this is a critique of capitalism. You want want the show to beat the viewer over the head with that message, right? Yes, that's what I want. So I don't have to listen to people have dumbass fucking idiotic takes being like, oh, yeah, it's just like totalitarian, authoritarian uh, China and North Korea. It's just like communism, even though it's a metaphor. It's just like communism. (laughs) Yeah, like I hate that fucking dumb shit. It's like, no, no, no. If you're going to make a fucking anti capitalist critique film, like critique of capitalism film, like beat it the fuck to death. I don't want anyone questioning what the fuck it is because I want it to be straight out the barrel. I think Ward, sorry, go ahead, Stone. I was just going to say, then there is only one movie that meets your criteria and that is Idiocracy. Uh, Well, like, yeah, I'd say Idiocracy. um, I didn't watch the platform. uh, Sorry for bothering you. And, oh, the... Or what was it, the... Was it the platform? The platform, yeah. But I've also heard people try to fucking say that that was like a fucking communism, like critique of so communism. The point I was going to make is that, like, Ward, I think what you need is actually not a dystopian vision of capitalism because people are so steeped in ideology that they will never see it as a critique of capitalism, even though 
like you said, you can beat them over the head with it, and they will still be like dumb as fuck horseshoe theory people going, <laughs> oh, this capitalism, it's just like communism. And it's like, because they have no idea of an image of positive communism. So I think that's what you need to make the movie of. You need to make well, the movie that's of why the I like Snowpiercers. That's why I like Snowpiercer so much. Snowpiercer was just so on the fucking nose, anti-capitalism. But, that but you did it show like communism being better? Like it like showed like at the very end where it's you're just like straight up like, oh, they didn't even need to be on this fucking train in the fucking first place. There was an alternative the whole fucking time. Yeah, I've never seen it. You just spoiled the whole thing. Sorry, guys. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> you should watch it. Is, but what, it's only what, been out what, for like a while. What Ward wants is every like 15 minutes in the movie for them just to stop and stare directly at the camera and say, just to be clear, this is a yes. critique of actual existing capitalism, such as, and let me name them, the United States, Europe, and go, go through a very precise and exhaustive list and say, yeah. this, is, this is not in any way related to communism, which is much better, and then go through another exhaustive list and then continue the shots, and then 15 yeah. minutes later, you remind them again. <laughs> Yeah, like, granted, I am acknowledging I, I have fucking high standards when it comes to this. Like, I am a fucking big movie guy. I'm a big media guy. But it's, like, it's just upsetting whenever I hear dumbass fucking takeaways from, like, and I wanted to watch Squid Game. As soon as I heard that it was a critique of capitalism, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to fucking get in this. But then it was, like, all the fucking hype, and then people having dumbass fucking takes. I was like, nah, I'm going to hold off. I think that's why I probably enjoyed Squid Game the most is because I watched it when it first came out and I had heard nothing about it being a critique of capitalism. I just literally thought it was a battle royale, saw like ripoff type thing. Yeah. And it was just something to watch. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is fucking good. So like all of the critiques of, of capitalism that I got from it were completely without any uh, predispositions. Like I was just enjoying that little bit as it came in i was not expecting or even during it expecting it to be a huge critique of capitalism it is more of a i think it'd be more accurate to say it's a critique of certain aspects of capitalism maybe more importantly imperialism or or foreign in involvement of foreign investment like i think it might be more of a critique on like u.s bankers than capitalism itself and so, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but like I said, I had no preconceptions before I put it on. Yeah. So maybe I'll watch it and then just not tell anybody I'll watch it just so I can pretend and just make <laughs> people mad. I just feel time. like you kind of at least watch it if you want to have like a, a hot take about it being bad or, or anything. I mean, I say that, but then I also have not watched and don't plan on watching the Dave Chappelle special, even though I'm like literally blocking anybody who's defending it. So it's like, no shit. People are coming yeah, hypocrite. out fucking Mike, woodworks. Give right? me shit for not watching Squid Game and you want to talk yeah, to but about something else. Squid, Squid Game is not like a, I'm not platforming a transphobe or like adding to their plays if I watch Squid Game. You know what I mean? It's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. I'm just trying to give you shit. Fair enough. Yeah, this, this whole Dave Chappelle situation is really, really tough because I fucking like the dude. And like, you know, and then it's just he drops some like fucking bomb like that. I'm just like, oh, yeah. fuck, dude. Like. Can't can't like Dave Chappelle anymore. <laughs> and then I fucking... know. Yeah. What was it? Sterling, you had a good take on it where it was like he should have just fucking made the few jokes and then fucking kept moving on with it instead of just fucking trying to beat a dead fucking horse. Trying to get fucking the edgy fucking jokes in. Like, did you watch it? Yeah, no, I watched it. I watched it all the way through. And there were literally 
several LGBTQ jokes that were hilarious that I think the LGBTQ community would have enjoyed. Like, there was a lot of substance that I was like, if you would have just done this, you want to you get them off your back? Make a couple good, good fun jokes, you know, fair game jokes, and fucking get on with it. But he spent an hour and a half just diving it in and going into just dark, ignorant places. Like he kept on about the one topic of he hated to be. Uh, how did he? What did he say? Uh, he he said when they said that he was punching down, that was what it what pissed him off the most. He's like mm. they kept saying I was punching down, and I'm like. Because you are. Do you not know what punching down means? You are a fucking tens of millionaire who has an insane audience. The entire Netflix platform, anything you want to spurt out of your mouth is immediately viewed by millions of people. That is not the case for the LGBTQ community. So that is literally punching down. That's how punching down works. And it it just... Blew my mind that he kept getting mad, and then he ends the fucking show, and I don't even give a fuck if I spoil it. Fuck that shit. Don't give him any streams. But he ends the show by saying, uh, because he also kept critiquing about how the LGBTQ community, or maybe it was gays specifically, uh, they want to be gay until it's more advantageous to be white. He worded it some other way, but that was the point he was getting across. Nice, is, dude. You know, it's like, a, you, you could be gay and you're a minority and blah, 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 but as soon as like it's time to call cops, like they turn white real quick. And that's, hell, that's a joke that maybe softened it a bit, but that's not a terrible joke. Like, I mean, doing some white shit, even if you're a fucking gay person, is fair fucking gay. Play. No, I mean, but, even in the difference, the way you worded it the first time, whereas the way you said it the second time, it's like, oh, okay, so it's a play on white privilege, even among like marginalized people in other ways. And it's like, yeah, I can see that making you can make a, a joke there. Yeah, you could have done that. You could have done that. But then he he kept on about wanting to differentiate like the gay minorities and like just people of color minorities, black people. And he circles back at the end of it from that basis and says, by the way, LGBTQ community. Please stop punching down on my people. What? And I was just like, dude, this this is another topic that maybe this is a take that I should reevaluate. But to me, and it's not fair, it's not accurate, but to me, you got your black card, you're a minority, you're you're a black man. I'll give you that. You are part of a very specific minority that suffers terrible injustices. But to me, and again, I know for a fact this is wrong, but as soon as you become a rich fucking asshole, tens of millions, if not a hundred million dollar fucking prick, to me, you've lost your fucking black card. I get it. You're a black guy, but you are not suffering through the shit that the black community suffers through. You're right. Dave Chappelle has had bits to that same effect. Like, yeah. Yeah. He like has he literally, yeah, he literally he'll rip on Trump. He's like, yeah, man, like you, you people like think voting for Trump, like, you know, talk about like poor working class people in like, you know, Appalachia and stuff like that. He's like, oh, you think voting for Trump will make your life better? Oh, well, it's going to make a lot like my life a lot better. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's like the whole fucking point. And but then at the end of it, he wants to go back to the, the fucking black card because like they're more oppressed than, than gay people. And which, yes, true. But you're not really part of that anymore, are you? You're not fucking living in the in these conditions, of dealing with systemic racism. If you get pulled over by a cop, you don't worry whether or not you're gonna fucking make it home. Like, 
I, I know it's a touchy say, thing to say, I don't give a fuck if Dave Chappelle's black, but I feel like Dave Chappelle doesn't give a fuck if Dave Chappelle's black, but yet he wanted to make such a point of playing that card at the end, and that shit fucking bothered me. No, I mean, you're right to point out that, like, he is in a position of privilege being a rich person, and for him to pull out the, oh, I'm marginalized because I'm black card, um, just so that he can punch down and make jokes about other marginalized people, it's like, it's like, it's fucked up. Like, it'd be one thing if he was actually getting persecuted for his this color of his skin, and he pointed that out, and he, and he says, like, he makes jokes about, like, things that have happened to him in the industry, which he has also done in the past, I think, talking about, like, what's happened to him in the industry because of his, his race or whatever, but it's like, that's not what he was doing. He's just pulling it out just to be able to do that. But go ahead, uh, Declan. No, I, I was just like, you're right, Mike. I was going to say like, yeah, he, you know, he's like, oh, well, I don't give a fuck about gay people and like my jokes about them because I'm black and like that excuses it. And that brings up another really important point is that there are and, you know, I th- um, there are white people that are like part of the LGBT community that um, are fucking racist and like, yeah. You know, just just like being just like being black doesn't excuse like you know your transphobia your homophobia whatever dude being fucking gay doesn't excuse your racism it doesn't like it, yeah. it there's no fucking excuse for that shit yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of gay people that are just like it's like they're just like oh i'm gay so it's okay i'm like no dude no <laughs> like no, that's not how it works <laughs> that's not how it fucking works you fucking moron it's not how any of this works <laughs> Jesus. It just makes me think of the fucking line in uh, Bo Burnham's Art is Dead. It's like the rolling in dough while Carlin rolls in his grave. Mm. Now there's a fucking special. Like, and I didn't, we've talked about this before. I didn't even love Bo Burnham growing up. I thought he was king lame as shit. But that last one he did on Netflix was so good. just a pleasure to watch. Just a fucking treat. I've watched it several times. I've Same. listened to the fucking audio, like the album on uh, Spotify several times. I mean, talk about a motherfucker who came out of his left field with an actual critique of capitalism. I was like, God damn, my man's yeah, been yeah. reading. Yeah, yeah, he fucking killed it. Uh, absolutely. And Dave Spell, no, no one expected him to do that. Like, you, you didn't have to knock it out of the park. All you had to do was not be a fucking turf and not defend a turf. You know mm-hmm. how fucking painful it is for people with a fucking Harry Potter tattoo after what fucking went down with J.K. Rowling yeah. and he he literally defended J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with you like I, I wanted to ask you Sterling what I don't know if you mentioned it in the special but somebody who was trying to defend him said something to the effect of him him having mentored a trans comedian who then oh I'd love what is I'd that love about to talk, like? I, no I'd love to talk about that because he's still he's a this was one of the things that bothered me the fucking most about it. So he goes on a spiel talking about this uh, trans. Was she a, a man or a woman to begin with? It, it was a man. Tra- yeah, trans. A man. A woman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, she was, she was a, a trans woman and she, Dave Chappelle let her open for him. And he made several comments about how she sucked fucking ass. and was the absolute worst. And then by the end of the show, like, they were like making, you know, uh, critiques back and forth. And she even like chewed him out in front of the audience and the audience liked it. And then he, he got her back and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they went back and forth and he decided he wants her to open for him every time he comes to, I believe, San Francisco. Anyway, before he could have another show in San Francisco, she commits suicide. She did have a daughter. Daughter's pretty young. 
not old enough to really know anything about her mother or, you know, Dave Chappelle much any less. But Dave Chappelle ends it by talking about, you know, he like leads it up to the, this person and then he's just like, and she committed suicide and it's like this big mourning moment. And it's like, you could have done that. You could have stopped right fucking there and people would have been like, you know what? Maybe you're okay. But then he wanted to keep on about what she didn't critique him on. And he basically turned it into a, she was a good trans. She was a trans that I accepted. And basically. Uh, the model like, minority trope. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead, it's man. like uh it's like joe uh joe biden saying that obama was like and i and i'm not saying like defend obama but it's like he he was saying i was like oh obama's like the most well-spoken well-educated black man i've ever met uh, like, <laughs> what? yeah yeah no no that's that was real dude like i i know i know that because yeah no trump definitely he in, uh, in the campaign last year he used that like against him in wow. like fucking ads i was like that's shit <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah he he kept doing things like that like he make like some fucking uh transphobic joke and and you know make a point to say she she would have been okay with it and then he ends it he he makes a transphobic joke about her crowd laughs and then he stops laughing and he goes i know that was kind of crossing the line and the lgbtq community is gonna have my head for that but i made that joke because she would have appreciated that joke and then as if he hasn't gone fucking far enough he talks about how he's uh putting all this money into a trust fund for her kid. Cool. It's a fucking grain of salt to you. But again, leave it fucking there. But he Mm -hmm. couldn't. He couldn't leave it there. And he says, I can't wait until the day she's 18 and I get to give this money to her personally because I'm going to go to her personally and hand her this check. And I'm going to tell her, "Uh, hey, I knew your father. He was a great woman. Really? And I'm like, you fucking ass, because he wants to put the daughter in a situation where, A, she should fucking hate Dave Chappelle, but where she's got to hear this fucking just transphobic as shit comment in order to even accept that money and take that handout from Dave Chappelle. I was like, that's the worst fucking part of this special. And that's what a lot of people are praising him for. And I've said it to a few people already, like Dave Chappelle used to be a legend in his own right. You could not compare him to any other comedian. And he is literally now just black Joe Rogan, which is funny because he's on tour with Joe Rogan as the supporting act. Nice. Yeah. Sean King moment. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's like, that's so disappointing, man. It's just, it sucks because I really loved his early stuff too. Like, no. And there were some good jokes in the special. I really did enjoy a, a few of the jokes, even some of the jokes targeted at the community that were fair game. And it's like, just he'd make a good joke and then he'd make 20 fucking terrible jokes. <laughs> and I just, the whole time, it was like watching a family member you haven't seen in a long time and you've forgotten how racist they were, you know? And you're like, oh mm-hmm. man, I, lo- I love that guy. And then you hang out with him and you're like, God, this dude's the. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're definitely you're dead on with the the black Joe Rogan thing. It's very fitting, and it, it's like it, it kind of comes down to this thing where everybody's kind of putting themselves on one line and one side of a line in the sand. And it's like it's not even so much about the particulars. Like people want to defend Dave Chappelle or Rogan or whoever, and it's like you see who they're associating with. Like you can see what camp they're in. You can see where they fall on this issue of whether you should 
let trans people decide what is transphobic or you're going to tell them what is or isn't transphobic. And it's like, it seems very obvious to me, like if trans people are saying Dave Chappelle's shit is transphobic, yeah, that, that's like, that's it for me. That's all I need to hear. You know what I mean? I don't need like right. Joe Rogan and all the intellectual dark web to tell me actually uh, it's not transphobic to what <laughs> trans people say. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, you've made, you've, you've sealed yourself in that camp. Uh, go have fun with it. And then, you know, where you're canceling as a badge, which means that like, it doesn't mean you're canceled at all. It means that now you have extended your reach to everyone in that camp who now purposely go and buy all your shit because they want to uncancel the unca- like the the person who wasn't canceled to begin with. Like how many how many specials yep. can you have on every media platform about how silenced you are? Like go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> that's a good take. That's a really good take. And it it just surprises me how many friends on social media, especially Facebook the fucking most boomer page of all social network of all it has really blown my mind some good friends of mine that i consider pretty good people pretty open accepting people that have just posted like oh he killed that shit he said it just the way everyone and like just going down the line defending him like he didn't hold no punches i'm like yeah but you should hold punches sometimes. Yeah. Like he literally just went and beat up a bunch of fucking trans people. Like, do you not have trans friends? Like, I'm talking about like friends of mine that I know know trans people and have trans friends on their social media just posting this shit. It's fucking blowing my mind. I just don't understand. Like, I mean, I guess I, I do understand it. Like, it's a class game. Like, they know what class they're in, and they know that they can make a bunch of money by playing to this particular audience, the, to the, the right side of every every particular political or social issue. They know that that is their base, and they will make their money that way. But to me, it's just, it always screams, like, hack. If you complain that you are being canceled because you are punching down, as opposed to just updating your sense of humor with the times, because it's like, look at what we're doing here. We will never, ever run out of jokes and things to say, like, funny or mildly funny or not, like, about rich people, about, like, the fucking government, about, like, everyone on the right. Like, we will never, ever run out of memes to post. It, 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 it is endless. It is an endless mine of humor to point out all these fucking eccentricities of these fucking rich pedophiles that, run, that rule us all. It's like, we could always talk about that shit. So it's like, why do you as a comedian feel the need to take the easy route and punch at people who are already in a position of being punched at by all of society all the time. No shit, man. So are we doing the Welshie remix of Black and Tan? So here's my thing. Or the reg- the straight up Black and Tan. Sterling, no, you I can just... probably empathize. Like, you've heard probably both of these remixes of this Black and Tan song, right? No. I haven't even heard the original. Sterling, if you could just real quick click that Welshie remix. What I don't like is that he puts the kick so loud in the mix that it literally yeah, it everything the... else on the spectrum is silent every time the beat happens. And it's yeah, like, that's the only thing I don't like about it. Declan, yeah, I'm sure you first, can understand being a musician. Yeah, like, no, yeah. like it, it's cool, but like it, it's only so cool. The first one is the remix by Welshie. The second one is just the original. 
It's like an acoustic Irish fight song. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's only like trap or electric remix is like only cool if like you've heard the original song before, you know? Like yeah. Right. yeah. You gotta Which is ironic because I actually heard the Welshie one first and then I had to seek out the, the song and I was like, oh, this is actually cool. Like, this gets yeah. me up. But, like, I would like to hear somebody else do a trap remix that doesn't cut everything out on every bass beat. Like, I could try. I mean, shit. Like, I already have enough. Okay, I mean, we yeah. should get Sterling, if anybody. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you guys were talking about. I was listening to that. But, yeah, the issue you're talking about is side chaining. Side chaining is when you take, like, an instrument, like a kick drum or a snare. And you basically automate it to when that hits, it also automates to pull down another track. So what they've done is they've taken the kick and they've automated it to pull the vocals down, but they've side-chained it way too fucking hard. Yeah. So now it's... The, the, the proper way to side-chain is to, for it to basically be imperceptible. Like, you should not even be able to tell it's there. It should just... The kick should hit natural, and the vocals should not even... You shouldn't really be able to tell they went away, because when the vocals naturally occur at the same time as the kick, it's too loud, and that causes the audio wave to peak. So you want to take it off just at the right spot so uh, where it does not peak. Where it, yeah, so it doesn't peak your audio, but you so can't... So side really it with, like, too wide of a threshold, basically, like... Exa- yeah, that's exactly what they've done. That's yeah. annoying. Because that otherwise would have been a really fucking cool review. I mean, it still is, just like, it's, it's still pretty cool, but yeah. it is oh, yeah. a bit annoying. It's cool for, like, you know, the sense of just, like, a absolutely destroyed bass. Like, I love just, like, crushed clipping bass remixes. They're always so funny. We have so fucking many episodes now that I have to edit. Like, I'm just now, I, I've been working on the Left Shelf episode for the last couple of days, and I'm going to, I think that'll be our next one, even though it's, like, kind of going out of order in the way they recorded them. But that one is particularly just fun, so I just wanted to put it out. But um, we have so many fucking episodes that I have to edit, man. Like, I'm so backlogged, it's ridiculous. Why was I even mentioning that? Oh, the hey, Sterling. Hey, Sterling, remember when Mike was complaining that we didn't have enough episodes, and I was like, <laughs> remember that a little bit ago? Yeah, dude. That shit was tough. Like, it was really rough because, like, it was, like, in March or April and May and shit, like, back when I was fucking uh, down in Philly. And it's, like, I literally, like, we just couldn't record enough. Like, I couldn't, I didn't have enough time to write up all the notes. And the only reason I even mentioned it was because of the DSA one. Like, I'm actually thinking of putting that one out, even though, again, we just recorded that one pretty recently. But I think that was another fairly entertaining one. I know I was, I I was fucked up, dude. I was definitely drunk as fuck. I can't. (laughs) And I, I know I've been very drunk, ready to fight. And then I was like, oh man, these guys are based. They actually were really cool. But like at some point, I did say something that like you both were like, Mike, what the fuck? They're right here. Like, what is your wife? Like, and I was like, oh, sorry. Like, Jesus. I don't remember yeah. what it was. So something to the effect of like basically the DSA, like, go ahead, join the DSA if you want to feed some homeless people in your community, but don't think that you're going to start the revolution in the fucking DSA. And you were, you were like, Mike, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I don't think it was that one, but it might have been something similar. <laughs> I think it was something to that effect. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, they're right here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I let her have that socialist thing. Like, I critiqued it at first. I was like, well, it's not socialist. It's fucking quote-unquote democratic socialism i just want to make sure we're differentiating and then she came back and was like you know it is socialism because of blah 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 and i'm not trying to shit on them she's wrong but i do like the comrades mm, yeah they were they were cool i actually i felt bad afterwards like just because i you know was remembering that moment where i must have said something like that seemed a little out of line or whatever and i was like no they were really cool and i hope they didn't take the wrong impression but like i thought they nah, were, dude, i liked them i think yeah. i think we were extremely hospitable way more hospitable than i anticipated us being yeah, same yeah 
I was ready to fight, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 